Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the For the Girl podcast. Today is For the Girl Who Feels Far From God. And if you clicked on this and you're like, oh, this is me. I want to listen to this. We're so excited that you're listening. And we're really pumped to jump into this conversation. I think I say this anytime we do an episode that feels like a little bit more risque to click on, but I'm, I just love your heart to say, this is what I need. And I'm going to spend the next 30, 40 minutes just listening, because I think that shows a heart that desires to feel him again and to be close to him again. So welcome. Mm-hmm. We're so glad you're here. And before we get into the nitty gritty, yes. we need to just chat. We need to chat. Ken's. Uh, yeah, open up the combo. Catch up on life. See where it goes. So, yeah. Did you? How did you do without me for two weeks? Basically, I was like <laughs> out of commission for two weeks. Were you dying? Were you thriving? What was going on over there? I feel like the whole for the girl family knows you're gone because I talked about it a lot. I'm like, Max gone, Max gone. I don't know why I did. You follow us on Instagram. You know, if you're on Mac and Ken's Weekly, you know it's up. But. Yeah, Mac was just like living her best life on vacation. Well, sort kind of. of. Yeah. Kind of. Tell them. Tell them. Wait, I feel like you maybe have talked about this though. Oh, yeah. Maybe a little bit. But yeah, I went to the first week I was gone. I was at Young Life Camp at Sharp Top Cove in Jasper, Georgia. I don't think I've shared how it was since we went back. But it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was. Please share. Both the hardest week of my life, probably, and the best week of my life all at the same time. It was incredibly difficult and hard, out of my comfort zone. There were some stretching moments, but also was just really one of the coolest weeks ever. I think it was so fun to do it with my husband, to both be leading from the same high school, to have the same students that were just on our hearts and on our minds all week. Like I built amazing friendships and relationships with the girls in my cabin. And then it's so fun that I get to be back with them and help them grow in these like newly budding relationships with Jesus. It's so, so, so cool. It's so fun to like literally spend an amazing week having fun and then watching them fall in love with Jesus at the same time. And then, yeah, now that we're back, like helping them learn how to spend time with Jesus, how to read their Bibles, how to do the thing. And... Yeah. It's been awesome and amazing, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It was it's so. Cool. It was so good. We were just chatting before this that we love doing the podcast. We love writing Bible studies. We love doing ministry at this level, but we also love doing ministry just at home, yeah, or at camp or in our community. It's just the best thing ever, and they both go so hand in hand. Yeah, I would say like the the. The fullness like I felt in my heart and in my spirit last week or a couple weeks ago was something I I haven't felt in a while. Like it's just it's so yeah. cool to go all in with a group of girls and and just to like literally give up a week of my life. Like that was hard. I had to, you know, stop work. I had to take off time mm-hmm. and say no to a lot of different things in my life, but it was so, so, so worth it. And I'll 
I'll be totally honest. Like I had a lot of doubts going into it. I was like, why in the heck did I say yes to this? Like, why am I doing this? I <laughs> yeah. Were you grumpy this. like the day before? Were you like, oh no. I was grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just know this because I would be. And also because anytime we like have a ministry thing on the calendar, like for the girl tour, for example, when we had to pack a bag, yeah. get out of our own bed and stuff and like do the thing, you're like... No, and grouchy, which is terrible. That shouldn't be our mind. Yeah. But it's just as high, socially exhausting all the levels of everything. It's so true. Like, and I think, I think I had this notion, like your typical young life leader in my mind is like in college, energetic, like full of life, so fun, ready for the party always. And I'm like an old woman over here, it feels like. And <laughs> the first couple of days is definitely a rude awakening for my, for my body and my, my soul of, okay, wow, we go all day. You don't get breaks. You don't get like time by yourself, wow. like things like that. But Once I kind of got over that, I was like, whoa, this is actually so, so cool, so powerful. So I loved it. Did you do like campfires at night and stuff? We didn't do any campfires. I mean, they do like a (laughs) lot of cool events at night and things, but there was never a campfire. We did like campfires. They're so sunny. Games. You're doing proud of me. Um, uh, So they have like this like rope swing there that is like a, a far fall, you know, And I'm like pretty terrified. Anything where I'm strapped in and I'm just like trusting somebody else, I'm cool with. Like I have no fear when it comes to those things. But when I have to rely on my own physical strength and you know the rope swing, (laughs) like you have to hold on uh, to a certain point and then you let go. And I was so nervous. I got up there to do the rope swing and I like looked down and I'm like, I had like a deep fear. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I was like, somebody else go, somebody else go. <laughs> and I made like three people go in front of me. And then some of some of my girls came up and they were like, okay, here's the strategy. Hold on here. You got this. You can do this. And they were all cheering me on. And I was like, okay, I have to do it. I can't not do this. And I did it. I was proud of myself. <laughs> oh, wait, that's amazing. Also, were you rocking for the girl merch throughout the week? Yes, I was. I definitely was rocking for the girl merch and definitely... The For the Girl merch was noticed and recognized and loved. Yes. Several, several people were shocked that um, I was at the Young Life camp. <laughs> Some church merch represented yep. For the Girl at Young Life. Yep. Um, How was the camp food? Food is amazing. Their food is what? actually so How good. How have not talked about this? But yeah. So food was so good. Like, seriously, I was shocked because I thought I was going to feel disgusting from, like, eating chicken fingers all week. And they definitely have unhealthy stuff, but they have like a good, like a salad with every meal that was actually really good and some really yummy things. One day we had this cowboy caviar at lunch, which was like fresh red onion, beans, corn, all this stuff. It was so good. The salads were so good. I mean, we had like curry one night that was so yummy and good dessert. Did you also, did you sit like at tables with Tyler, when you were there, or no? No, I sat with my cabin the whole time. Uh, you have like a family meal gosh, every night. Crazy. So, yeah. And were you in a sleeping bag? No, they have bedding for you. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Young life camps are pretty know. nice. They're pretty nice. Yeah. It was definitely not cabin <laughs> vibes. There was cockroaches on the walls and things like that. But, you know, it's funny oh, how you no. kind of are like cool with it at camp. I don't know. Have you told the podcast about the time there's a <laughs> the time you woke up to a cockroach no. on your face? I don't know if I ever have. I never told that story. 
I feel like you need to well, stop I it. Was, and honestly, it's so bad. I was getting on Ken's because her house was infested with bugs. And then like two weeks okay. later, I'm sleeping in my bed at night and I feel something on my face and I like touch my face to get it off, like whatever it was, thinking it was like a hair or something. And I feel like a huge bug and I, I pick it up <laughs> and throw it across the room and I scream. Oh. And Tyler is like, what? What's wrong? What's wrong? And we turn on the light and like halfway across the room is this giant cockroach that was on my face in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's and the worst story now that everybody knows because you just don't think like a cockroach would like ever go on your face. Yeah. Like, you know, you're like, okay, I live in an old house or I'm at a camp. Like it's, they're, they're around, but like they're you not don't gonna think be my they're going to get that close yeah. to you. Well, I, but now we know they do. Well, the funniest part was that Tyler was more scared than me. He was the one who was like, I can't go back <laughs> yeah, to bed. I can't get back to bed. And I was like trying to be the strong one for us because I was so tired. And, and I t- kept telling him, I'm like, it's fine. Like, we, there can't be more cockroaches. We're good to go. Only once in my life am I going to have a cockroach on my face, I feel like. Like, I paid my dues. It's never going to happen to me again. We pray. Well, I think what, if there's one, there's more than one. I don't know. No. I, don't. I feel like because that, that means there's, like, an entrance. Like, recently, I think, did I tell you we had a cockroach infestation a little bit? Yeah. Why does this always happen? It's old houses. It's old actually. houses. Yeah. My shoe closet upstairs, like, my shoe closet upstairs is, like, not organized. Like, literally, both Josh and I just, like, take off our shoes. It's, like, basically a yeah. pile yeah. of, like, like, 20, 30 shoes just pile dog pile on top of each other no shelf or anything okay and it's a closed door so you just shut the door anyways there was there was a cockroach in there and I could have sworn it was coming from the little crack in the door or whatever and I was like oh my gosh Josh there's a cockroach and like I I feel like if there's one there's more and I was right but Josh was like he killed the one and he thought our he problem thought that was, was it? totally over. And no, there were more yeah. to come. And I grabbed a shoe recently and it like got on my hand. And yeah. And then it got in the room and then I was like, it's going to be on my face like neck. And, yeah. yeah. Well, our bedroom, so we sleep upstairs and it's like one room, but there's two like attic spaces up there with little doors. So I think they come from there and I don't know. Uh, little that was last cracks. summer. So I feel... <laughs> I feel okay. I'm like not it's that scared past. of bugs, but a cockroach on your face in the middle of the night was <laughs> the worst thing you could imagine. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm proud of you at camp. Good job. You really did the thing. And um Thank you. Yeah, just proud. You're like you're uh, embracing your young life era. My young life girl era. <laughs> Young life girl era. That's going to last a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's not an era. It's a lifestyle now. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> All right. What about you, though? Give us a little glimpse into your life. I mean, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. I was holding down the fort before the girls. Kind of fun, you know? Learned how to edit the podcast on my own. I really had to be an independent woman. It's how do you? you? You got a lot done. Um, you got a lot done. Got a lot done. She, she ordered new merch for us that's coming soon. Yeah, she ordered the book for us, which is like, yeah, I was new. sure you were going to text me and be like, oh, no, something's wrong. We need this file. And I was going to be like, good luck. <laughs> nope. Did it on my own. You know, everything's organized and ready to go. Next week, we have our delight conference, which is a really big 
time of year for both Mac and I. So I'm really excited for that. So yeah, fun ministry moment. Actually, truthfully, of, of the entire year, we have For the Girl Tour that typically happens in the spring. Not sure it's going to happen in the same way this year. TBD, to be determined. But then also um, in August every year is the Delight Conference. And so that's like the only other time that we have an in-person gathering. And so it's just like a really fun season. Anytime we have a season where it's in-person, things are happening. We get to like speak to to them and meet them and all the things. It's just so much fun. So I feel like pretty good, pretty hype on life and excited for what God's going to do. Yes. Amen. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Wow. I think that's everything. If you're not on our Mac and Kins email list, we did announce the what the new book is all about last Friday's email, yeah. which is pretty exciting. Uh, but I think we're sharing it on social media this week. So you might be able to check our Instagram and see if it's there. But stay tuned. I'm really excited because next week it's all going down. It's going to be fun. It's going down. And I think you guys are going to love it. Okay, well, we'll get into today's episode. We'll talk more about that later. All right. Okay, I think the first thing that I want to say at the beginning of this episode for the girl who feels far from God is that seasons that you might feel distant from him is actually really normal. I mean, God is this God that we talk to and we serve and we're in relationship with, but he's so far away and can feel distant and we get busy and life gets busy and it just is hard sometimes to stay consistent. And if you feel far from him right now, I just want to first say that it's okay and it's normal. And I don't say that to like pat you on the back and just give you an excuse to stay in this. But I say that because I often think we carry a lot of guilt from like long seasons of not talking to God or not opening our Bible or not being at church. And sometimes it's this guilt or shame that we feel that keeps us from ever going back to Him. It just builds and builds. And then eventually, I think sometimes we just write off the relationship with Him Mm -hmm. altogether. We're like, oh my gosh, it's just been so long. And I, I'm too ashamed to even show up anymore. And so I think the, the truth is, is sometimes like you're just going to feel far farther from him. And the same goes with other relationships in your life. Like when I was preparing for this episode, I thought about like seasons even with like my husband. Sometimes I feel really close to Josh and sometimes I feel like kind of far <laughs> from Josh and we're on different pages or less intimate. And that doesn't mean that I'm less committed to him or left mm. married to him at some times than others. That that doesn't mean that at all. I usually feel closer to him after though we've like enjoyed something together when we've been intimate or when we've gone through a struggle and we've had to like lock arms and walk through it together. And I think that's true with our relationship with God too. Mm-hmm. I feel closer to him when we've had a fun time together, like a worship night or a long walk, or when I've been spiritually intimate with him, like a nice quiet morning or an extended quiet time, or or when I've gone through a struggle and I've had to depend on him. I've had to lock eyes with him and arms with him and walk through difficulty together, like my season of sickness, or maybe for you of loss or grief or anything like that. So the first thing I want to say, if you're feeling far from God, is that it's normal, it's okay, and there's a way back to the arms of the Father and a way to feel close to Him again. And I think the first thing to begin with 
is to acknowledge how you got to this place of feeling distant from him. Because for everybody listening to this episode, it could look so different. For you, it might just be a super busy schedule, a really busy life life right now. For others of you, it might be like a deeper thing where maybe you feel like overlooked by God and a little bit mad at him and you've stiff-armed him a bit. Or maybe um, maybe I, I feel like this is relevant for me in seasons where maybe I went to like kind of an off-putting worship night or church service and I was like weirded out and like mm. kind of stopped doing the whole spiritual thing altogether. Maybe for you it was disappointment. Maybe it's been a physical element that has gotten in the way of being still with him. Maybe there's been a major transition in your life and you're just still trying to pick up all the pieces and all the things. So first and foremost, um, I think that we have to figure out where this came from. And I think it's probably pretty easy and to pinpoint this. Um, and it's important because it's the beginning of like processing this even better, identifying it and then rewriting mm. that story in your life. Yeah, that's so good. It's so true because I know for me, there is, I think about it, I think about it in like a fight with my husband, for example, we'll get in an argument and there's like something on the surface that we're arguing about. And then he's kind of digging in with me and he's like, why are you so upset about that? Like, why were you so mad about that? Blah, 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 blah. And then I break down and I'm like, well, it was four months ago when you said this. It made me think this. And I've just been stewing <laughs> on this for months and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it's so easy. How often do we do that in our relationships here on earth is like we let little things linger and we let little things kind of grab hold of our hearts and grab hold of our souls and we we don't recognize them and you know there are moments where we try to fight them off on our own or we try to kind of sleep them under the rug and be like oh it wasn't that big of a deal but oftentimes yeah. those things can grow really deep roots and just plant themselves in our hearts and plant themselves in our minds and I think that that happens in our relationship with God all the time where mm -hmm. maybe like we know with our minds that like oh you know, God hasn't abandoned me or we know with our minds like, oh yeah, like God is God is not looking past me or, or that's not who God is. But then our hearts somehow are having a hard time believing it because something happened mm -hmm. that, that hurt us or something happened that is difficult for us. And I think that there is just such power in not just being like, oh yeah, I'm distant from God that's it. Like, what's the mm -hmm. deeper story there? What is the thing underneath it all that has just started to plant lies in your heart? I think about our whole In My Feels series is about kind of all of these emotions that we all feel and how so often we see these emotions, you know, loneliness, hurt, anger, sadness, shame, whatever it is. We see all these emotions as like things that take us away from God. But in reality, when we experience those emotions with God, they're actually invitations for us to experience even more of his character and even more of who he is. And so mm. I love this whole idea of starting with, all right, Lord, what is it? Like, what is it underneath kind of the surface here that is that thing that is keeping me from putting my trust in you or keeping me from wanting yeah. to go to you? Sometimes it's really easy to identify and sometimes it takes yeah. like the digging up. Like I feel like when Tyler and I are in an argument, that's when it's dug up in me and I'm like, oh, that's it. And so sometimes it takes that almost like 
verbal working it out with the Lord for you to be like able to recognize it and and bring it mm-hmm. to the forefront and lay it at his feet. Mm-hmm. That's so real. It's funny how different everybody is too. Like I think about even <laughs> arguing with our husbands the way that and feeling distance from our husbands. Mac is back and I process like our emotions so differently. And I bring so it differently because I think it goes back to the conversation of feeling far from people or whatever, stiff arming people. Yeah. I feel like I'm like, I'm like a little bit more quick to be, and I, that's probably why when I was preparing for this episode, I'm like, oh, it's easy to pinpoint where you, where you do <laughs> It's really yeah, easy to figure no out, you know, <laughs> when you're feeling yeah. far from God. What was it? Honestly, I think it's easy for me to just start crying and to be like <laughs> really raw and right away. I'm just like, bah, help me, Lord. And yeah. I do that with my husband all the time. There's Mac over there, though. She's like, I'm going to be as tough as physically possible push through and then she has her breakdown oh me all the time I'm like that wasn't a big deal I know it stung you hurt a little but like don't let it get to you don't let it get to you three months later I'm like that thing you said to me three months ago I I can't (laughs) stop thinking about it (laughs) oh my gosh he's like what yeah our approach to just relationships here on earth is so different and same with ours with the father. And it's important to know that about yourself so that you can in seasons like we were talking about when it feels this is normal. This is normal to feel far from him, to feel disappointed, to feel frustrated, to feel sad and to like have to make this decision to get back to him. So you yeah. you got to know yeah. how, how you and that. I would say too, before we get any further in this conversation, um, and and maybe you're going to go right here too, Kent. <laughs> when we feel distant from God, I think it's really easy to think or subconsciously believe that he feels distant from us as well. And he's like, yeah. or we can be flippant about it. It's like, oh, I haven't talked to God in weeks or whatever, but like, oh, whatever, I'll get back there someday. And it's easy to believe that that's the same feeling on the other side. And that is just never God's heart with us. God is the ultimate pursuer. And I think if you would open your eyes, even in your season of apathy, even in your season of kind of feeling distant, God has not distanced himself from you. He is so, 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 so close. And not only is he just like waiting, but he's actively pursuing you at all times. And I think that sometimes we put on these blinders and we we just convince ourselves how I'm feeling towards God is must be how he's feeling towards me because we experience that a lot of times in our earthly relationships. But that's, that's right. never the case with God's heart. And and what a beautiful picture to know that like, I love the story of the prodigal son because it's just like there he is with his arms wide open, ready to dress you in the finest clothes, put the ring back on your finger to like throw a party in your honor because you came back to him. And that's always the arms that greet us. And rather, I think we let shame keep us from those moments. But the moment you cheer you choose to turn around. You have a father who cannot wait to welcome you back. And yep, yeah, I don't exactly. know your beliefs, but I think it's just so important to start there. There's like no mistake that you could have made that turned him away from you. There's no sin. There's no, there's no, however long of a season it's been mm-hmm. since you talked to him, no matter what has happened or wherever you find yourself, he's still right there. And the moment that you put intention back into pursuing his presence, he will, without a shadow of a doubt, find Mm. 
you right, right there, right in front of you. It's like the craziest thing. And that's what grace is all about. I even think of that scripture, it sounds 139 and it says, where can I go from your spirit? Mm. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings Mm. of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Like he is always right there in front Mm. of you. And there's nowhere that you can go that's too far gone or too far away. Yeah. Mm. And we want to give you some practicals in kind of finding your way back to him because I know that can be a little bit confusing or you might be sitting there and you're like, oh, I've tried some things. Like I've tried opening my Bible or I've tried like opening up with a friend or I've tried praying and it just still feels like I can't connect with him. Well, we want to give you some practicals here. We have a little alliteration. Is that what you say? Alliteration. Yes. P, P, P. So we got three P's. So um, I can just kind of introduce the first. The first thing that we just want to speak about is just practicing, practicing the presence of God in your life again. Mm. Um, what this could look like is just like practicing the constant awareness of his presence and the attentive acknowledgement of how he's working. So, hmm. you know, I think those two words, like attentive awareness in your whole day, because like we just said, he's so close to you. He's all around you. He's so near to you. And so you have to start practicing looking for that again. You know, it's no surprise that this sometimes is really hard in a world that is like constantly pulling us in so many different directions and throwing things at us. You know, we've got social media that's totally like blurring our minds. And we have to, as believers, we have to put intention Hmm. back into this and like start looking for him again. It doesn't just show up and fall in our laps. And I even think about... um, uh, training for a marathon, you know, not to brag, but I've run a couple marathons in my life. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, you know, when you run a marathon, you can't just like pick up and run a marathon and feel good. Like that's not how it works. You have to start from the beginning and start to practice. You know, you do three miles and then you do two miles and then you do five miles and you take a break and then you do two and then you do four and then you do seven and you take a break. And I think the same goes for you. Just learning how to like, how to see him again might look like integrating small practices, spiritual practices back into your life. Like maybe it's like deciding to go for like a morning walk and put in your headphones and listen to music. Maybe it's when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you want to do before your feet even hit the ground is like say a little prayer. Maybe for you is you want to start studying the word with God again. Maybe it's that you're going to decide every time you're making dinner, you're going to just turn everything off and just talk to God. Or maybe it's your lunch break during work and you're going to make that time a time with him and not your phone. And so just starting to like find ways to really intentionally practice this attentive awareness of his presence once again. Don't put the pressure on to like, you know, I'm going to have an hour long quiet time and I'm going to feel him again. And it's going to be amazing. Just small practices to get used to like, oh, Mm. there he is. Oh, there he is. Oh, I have access in this way. Oh, it feels like this or whatever it might be. I think it's the small practices that will capture our attention again. Yeah, it's so good. I was actually at coffee with a girl the other day and she's asking me the question of, 
you know, how do you find this balance between discipline and also like not wanting your time with Jesus to be like this chore, like, or, you know, to where you don't want it to come from an inauthentic place. And she was like, how do I find the balance between the two of those? Because I want it, but yet at the same time, I don't want it to be like a checklist on my day. And I was talking to her about how I was like, I almost thinking about why do I always relate things to tetherballs, Kent? I always do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think about it like a tetherball, which is a pole with a rope and on the end is a ball. And what happens is in our life, we go throughout our life and we reach this place where like our rope ends and we have to go back to the source. And so it snaps us back to the source. And I was like, the beautiful thing is every time you make the choice to go back to the source on your own, you go back to the feet of Jesus on your own and you almost tie a knot around the pole. It's like a rope around the pole. You're like, God, I choose to be with you today. I choose to spend time with you today. The beautiful thing is that your rope gets shorter. Every time you make that conscious decision to be like, okay, today, even though my heart doesn't want it, I'm going to go and I'm going to just be with Jesus, your rope gets shorter and shorter and shorter so that eventually it is just your natural reaction to stay close to the Father, like to just Mm -hmm. be there because you've tied so many knots back around that pole time and time again that you now orbit around the Father so naturally and it's a shorter distance every single time to go back to His feet when you find yourself in a place of dependence again. And I just think that that's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful thought that like, we don't do this just because we need to check it off the to-do list. We do this because it literally trains our heart to be more and more dependent upon the Father. And and it becomes that knee-jerk reaction of our heart where we just find ourselves back at His feet again. So if you're kind of struggling with that, like, okay, I want to do this, but I don't want it to come from an inauthentic place. I just challenge you, like, do it and watch as your heart transforms in the process and watch as you keep practicing or training for the marathon, if you will, how Mm -hmm. one day you wake up and you just find yourself wanting to go to his feet because that's just what you do and that's what you know and that's what's sustained you throughout this last season of life. Yeah, that's so, so good. and so good. Okay, the second P is um, praising. And we have said this one for years. And by praising, I mean finding yourself in atmospheres of worship. If you're feeling far from God, finding yourself and placing yourself in an atmosphere of worship changes everything. It really does. And we've said this for years because we get asked all the time, oh my gosh, you guys have been in ministry, doing the thing, pouring out for years now. And it's true. We've been doing ministry for like, I don't know, 12 years or something together. And there's been seasons where, you know, it's harder than others and you feel far from God. And every time I feel like close to him again, it's when I get back into an atmosphere of worship. It just feels like this always just gets more and more true for me. (laughs) I don't even know why. Like if there's truly, really, if there's one thing we preach on, this should be it. Because even recently I Mm. was, I've been, we've been bopping around churches, um, classic. You guys have heard our church conversation. (laughs) It took back about, (laughs) about a year to find a church in North Carolina. And then all of a sudden I had church church problems, I guess. She had FOMO. She wanted yeah. church issues. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, but yeah, Josh and I just spent the last like six months just kind of like church hopping, trying to figure out which church we wanted to plant in or whatever. And then um, we decided we were moving to Florida and also got pregnant. And so now we're just like, oh, what even? Do we need to stay planted anywhere at this point? Probably not. Like, let's just make sure we're 
finding ourselves in some atmosphere of worship until we're like planted in a real place. So hmm. um, anyways, re- we had been going to just some like kind of sleeper churches and not really like <laughs> sleeper. sleeper. <laughs> I don't know. Is that out to say? <laughs> we, we catch your vibe. We catch the- you know. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. So you're not recently. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, we tried out the Anglican church, which I love so much. We love the tradition. We love, like, the liturgy and the art. Josh was hype on the art. I was really speaking to him spiritually, and we love that for him. But all that to say, recently we went to church service at the Belonging Co. in Nashville, and they have just, like, amazing worship, you know, fiery worship for it was just a breath of fresh air. It was like, oh my gosh. It was like, you felt free to just like raise your hand or jump around. And I really, I love to worship. My heart longs for worship and I just forget it sometimes. I really, really do. And I go through seasons of like, oh, I don't really need that. It's fine. Like, I love the Anglican church or I love, I don't even need That is worship too. Yes, that's absolutely worship too. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, there's all different ways that you can worship. But it's really exciting for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow, my spirit feels alive again. And so I don't know what it is for you, what it looks like for you to praise God or to integrate praise back into your spiritual life. This could look so many different. It could look like yeah. going back to church and that might just be an Angl- your Anglican church and that's your form of worship. For you, it might be um, just turning on worship songs in your car and getting a space to connect with God again. For you, it might just be quieting everything, Mm. turning off all the sound, getting on your knees in your bedroom and and praising the Lord through through your voice and through thanking Him. It might be through just like journaling, praising and thanksgiving. It could look so many different ways, but I know for sure that like when we praise, praise, regardless if we feel like it, it breaks through things and stuff yeah. in our life. Like yeah. just the yeah. heavy stuff, the sad stuff, the doubts, the questions, the hardships. When we just choose, regardless of our situations, to praise Him, everything like changes and God yeah. takes kind of like His right place in our life again. Um, it yeah. fills our heart again. And um, yeah. yeah, for me, this has never been true, more true even just in this season of life, honestly. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, Kenza, I've been talking recently about how how easy it is to have spiritual amnesia to like forget about, you know, seasons yeah. in your past where God was so faithful and God brought you through something so hard. And I just think there's something to it, like worship for you might just be reflecting and reminiscing on like the kindness of God in your life, the goodness of God in your life. You might be going back to old journals where you were so in love with him and so connected to him and reading those. And that can be an act of worship. It could be like, hey, maybe you met him at a camp in the mountains two hours away, and that's where you first experienced him. Get in your car and drive to that camp two hours away (laughs) and get on that mountaintop and worship him. Like go back to the places physically, spiritually, emotionally where like he was so near to you and that is always accessible for you in every single moment. I think that it's just like we're we're constantly on to the next spiritual high. Like 
God, give me the next new thing you're going to do. And sometimes I think there's beauty in going back. And there's beauty in going back to the places where God was so real. He was so tangible. He was so present. And claiming the ground through our worship, being like, God, I will worship you, even though you haven't done this next thing in my life. Like, you were so faithful then, and I know you will be faithful again. And so, yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. if If you feel distant from him, go back. Go back to when he felt so close. That's why I think for you, Ken's, it's so powerful where you were in these beautiful seasons of worship where you had this place to like praise your heart out. It probably mm-hmm. reminds you, it takes you back to those feelings and emotions that you felt when God was so present from past yeah. moments in your life. And I think that that's powerful and always accessible for us. That's so true. Yeah. To like literally go back to that even location sometimes yeah. is important. And could ignite something really huge in your life. I I know for me, there was a season post-breakup. It was like the hardest season of my life. I broke up with a guy I was dating forever. You guys have probably heard me talk about this before, (laughs) but I was like bitter towards God. I was was just sad and upset and so worried about my future. You know, everybody else was getting married and I was just breaking up with this person. And so I remember coming home to my house. Nobody was home and it was dark. I think it was like after – traveling like it was after like a plane ride and there was nothing worse when you're when you're single coming home to Mm. an empty house after traveling I don't know why it was worse but I think because you're like on a trip and living your best life and asking (laughs) all of your emotions and then you get back and you're like oh yeah this is my reality remember it like yesterday I just put down my bags and I just got on my knees and it was like Mm. a silent praise it was just like okay like I know that praise precedes breakthrough in my life. And so I'm going to choose right now in this literal physical darkness Mm. to praise you and to thank you even still for this season of my life. Um, And everything shifted because disappointment and praise barely can coincide. You're just like, oh my gosh, I forget about the other things. And so um, anyways, start practicing that in your life. And I think that you'll see God move in some really big ways. And then the very last P is the pursuit, pursuit. So we talked about praising, we talked about practicing and then pursuing Him. And I think for anybody who feels far from Him, this is honestly just a really tangible thing. If you want to feel God again or feel close to God again and His presence again, you've just got to choose Him over other things in your life. And I don't know who we're speaking to. For some of you guys, you might be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I've just like totally chosen like this guy or this unhealthy relationship over God, or I've chosen to spend my time on the weekends in this way and it's not helping me get closer to Jesus. Or Mm. I've been choosing to spend time gossiping with my friends or just not disciplined at all in any areas of my life. And so I would just really challenge you to start to pursue him as he's pursuing you, which truly looks like choosing him above everything else. Mm. And I think this is true in a lot of our relationships. Like if you want to get closer to a friend in your life, if you want to like get closer to your husband, you have to just choose that. You have to make time for them. You have to pursue them. We talk about that a lot, even in my relationship with Mac. There was a time in our friendship, like very early on where I was like, oh, I want Mac to be my friend. I want to feel closer to Mac. I want to like, I, I want to do life with Mac. And I chose one summer, even though we lived far apart, to like text her and to reach out to her and to pursue a friendship with her. And so Mm. just really want to encourage you to, if you're feeling far from him, 
some of that's that's on you to like choose him above other things. Yeah. I've always loved that verse in Jeremiah 29, 13 that says, uh, you will seek me when you seek me. You, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And just this idea that like God is waiting. Like he is there so ready. And sometimes yeah. I think we we honestly seek him with about 30% of our heart. Sometimes maybe it bumps up to about 60% or something in good <laughs> seasons. But it's rare that we put everything else aside and just like, run towards him. And there have been some very real seasons of my life where like I had to get really honest with myself and I had to give up everything else to almost retrain my heart to need God and depend on God and to go to God. And I found that he, not only was he there waiting, but he had been there all along. And I had just been missing him because I had trained Mm -hmm. my heart to run to all these other things. And I do think, like Ken says, there's just beauty in changing it up. Like sometimes I think we just get stuck in our ways. We get stuck in our rhythms. And and it's as soon as we just change things up and, and we put our eyes on him again that we'll experience him in ways that we've never experienced him before. And yeah. I think sometimes we think it's such a bad thing to feel distant from God. But sometimes in those like, moments of questioning or doubting like I think about doubting Thomas like Jesus and Thomas had this most real raw beautiful moment it was so restoring and healing and intimate and I think in the same way those are the moments like Jesus wants to invite us into like when we go to him with our like apathy or we go to him with our doubts or our questions like he says hey put your hands in my side like and know it, like know who I am, know and believe. Like things are different from this point forward once you have that intimate encounter with Jesus. And he's he's waiting, he's ready. And would you just mm-hmm. pursue him again and know that like you will find him when you seek him with all your heart? Yes, it's so real. You will. He'll be right there in front of you. And I'm really excited for all of you to to really take that on in that personal journey, to pursue him, to practice that pursuit, and to praise him through it all. Hopefully you won't forget all those peas. It'll come back to you when you need it. <laughs> That's yeah. why alliterations are great because you actually can remember things. Give them to us one more time. So they solidify okay. in our brains. The first thing was practicing his presence, praising him when you don't feel like it, and then pursuing him above everything else. Um, good. So good. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Like Max said at the beginning, I know sometimes like some of these episodes, you don't even want to click on it because you're like, oh, this is like me, but kind of not me. Uh, this feels hard and I'm going to have to make this decision all over again. But you did it. You did the thing. And we're just really excited for what you're going to find on the other end of it. And yeah, thanks for listening to the For The Girl podcast. Catch just back next week for another awesome episode and so much more to come. We love you guys. Talk to you later.